are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? Though is wonderful and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer Miller Thomas. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal Twitter handle, at LockedOnDiamondbacks for Twitter and Instagram. Now, for today's show, we got another Arizona Diamondback on the pod. We got Paven Smith on, rookie first baseman. He's here to talk about his career, uh, the World Series. We just get into a whole bunch of stuff. He was even a former basketball player back in his youth, so we'll even get into a little bit of that talk. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to go to Built Bar because today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and you can get 20% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. All right, we got Paven Smith of the Arizona Diamondbacks on rookie first baseman. Paven, do you want to say hello to the listeners? Uh, yeah, what's up, guys? Yep, they can't they can't see you, but they could definitely hear you. And we got <laughs> Paven on today. We're going to talk a little bit about his career, his come up. But Paven, I first want to start with: uh, Did you watch the World Series between the Dodgers and the Rays? Uh, yeah, I did. I uh, want to know. Very, uh, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, it was very good. World Series, hard fought. Every game was was pretty close. So. Yeah, I just want to know, what was your feeling when you saw Kevin Cash go out to the mound and pull Blake Snell from that game when he was just absolutely dealing and shutting down that Dodgers lineup? Uh, I, for one, am not a manager, but I would not have done it. Uh, the guys he was facing, what was it, it were 0 for 6 with six strikeouts, Mookie Betts and Seager and Turner. Yeah, I and think they're Muncie top was, three. And then Muncie was 0 for 2 with a strikeout too, so. I know there's analytics in game in the game, but I think you have to take the human aspect of it as well. So, yeah, I think it just all comes down to uh, sometimes. Yeah, you do need those analytics, but a lot of times also your gut feeling. And we've seen analytics so much in sports today, and we've seen them sometimes just play a negative effect. Honestly, I mean, if we look at football right now, we've seen some games be lost because they 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 use the analytics and maybe they went for it on a fourth down when they shouldn't. I just want to know where do you fall on that? Do you, are you more of an analytics driven person or are you more of a historic baseball person and you go more with your gut feel? Uh, I think I would take a little bit of both, you know, know when to use analytics and know when to, uh, you know, use, use your gut. I think when, more when you're in game, you got to use your gut because you can see, uh, you know, what people are looking like, you know, like Blake Snell, obviously he hasn't faced guys. The analytics said he hasn't faced guys third time through, 
but the analytics didn't know how bad they were looking off them. So uh, I think maybe like with scouting and like pregame stuff, maybe go with analytics on how you set your lineup. But when the game starts, I think you got to go based off field. Yeah, because I, I think baseball just becoming too math oriented, honestly. I mean, I like the analytics, but I hear too many of my friends just talk about war and not actually just talk about the game right. and, who, and who you see. I mean, they just want to tell me Mike Trout's the best player because of war. And yeah, he, he is the best player in baseball right now. But don't just give me his war as a reason for why he's the best player. Tell me something about his game and what he's doing on the field. Just don't show me numbers and, and stats to back it up. But uh, even less, uh, I think it's I think it yeah. started as like a fun like extra stat to look at, and then it turned into like be all and be all. So uh, I <laughs> yeah. think it is it is a cool thing to like be able to see that kind of stuff for fun, you know, just for the average fan. But uh, I don't think it should be the reason we you know make decisions on the field. Yeah. Do you ever look at your own stats? Do you ever look at your war and see how you match up against other people? Like, are you looking at more of your raw stats, like your average your OBP or how deep are you diving into your own uh, advanced analytics when you self scout? Oh uh, yeah. Not much about the advanced just because, well, there was no war in minor league baseball. So they didn't have that. So uh, just your normal average on base OPS. Uh, I do think the OPS has become, one of the most important stats, you know, just being on base and being able to slug. Uh, it's almost, it's not, I wouldn't say it's overtaking average is the most important and like on base, but uh, it's definitely something that can tell you, you know, who's doing well. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big OPS guy. I'm always looking at those traditional counting stats first. War to me, I, I'm sorry. I just hate war so much just because when you try to find the exact definition of war, every website tells you something different. And if you can't but, use a stat that's just the same across all platforms, I'm just going to have to throw it out, honestly. And <laughs> I, I, I've ripped, you know, I, I love to have these Mike Trout conversations on my pod just because the only reason why people tell me he's the best is because of war. So I, I always get pretty upset. When people just want and, to talk to me about advanced analytics and just tell me about war the whole time. And who's to say who's your replacement? Your replacement could be the next Mike Trout, or, you know? So it's like the wins above replacement. I don't, I don't understand who the replacement is that you're judging it off of, so... Haven, you just like read my mind just now. That is like the exact argument I use all the time, honestly. I'm like, who, who's, to, yeah, who's to say the substitute can't just be the next guy and just be just be as good as Mike Trout? We see it's baseball. Like we see so many guys just come in through the minor league systems, through international signings and just light up the sport. I mean, there's just so many levels of the minor leagues and we it's so hard to, to scout these players and really figure out who is good and who is not. So if you're just going to tell yeah. me, yeah, and I don't know if the Angels have a guy as good as Mike Trout. Maybe they have some stud rookie that could, they could just replace Mike Trout with and get similar production. So uh, I think the war is just a fluky stat, honestly. Any stat that's just trying to project how this player is going to do, uh, I'm not too sure how much I'm going to buy into it. I'm more about the mm -hmm. traditional stats and things like that. So I'm glad to hear you're kind of on the same page. I'm glad to hear you're not totally into war as well because I honestly just can't handle it. <laughs> But, uh, Paven, I want to know a little bit about your come up. Tell me, why did you play baseball? Like, what got you into it? Did someone inspire you? Was it a dad, a grandfather that made you want to play? Like, what What was it about the sport of baseball? Yeah, I mean, I came up playing both baseball and basketball pretty much growing up in, in Florida. Uh, my dad was just trying to keep me in multiple sports, you know, just trying to stay up, like, trying to have fun. Because normally when you're a kid, uh, you obviously have those dreams about being – 
a major league baseball player being in the NBA, but you know, for most people, it doesn't it doesn't work 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 out. So you're trying to have uh, as much fun as you can at a young age. Uh, but yeah, I started t-ball when I was like four. I've kind of always loved it. You know, I wasn't the guy that was playing in the sand. I always like wanted to play, wanted to win. Uh, always playing in my front yard. Uh, but my dad and my and my mom always supported everything I did. Uh, you know, whether that was getting me lessons when I wanted to, uh, taking me to all my travel games. So I really owe them a lot to, you know, where I am today. So how much, uh, what age did you start playing basketball? Did you play throughout college or throughout high school, I mean? Uh, so I played in high school. I didn't play my freshman year because I wanted to. Baseball was always my number one. So uh, I always, so my freshman year, I wanted to make the varsity baseball team. So I didn't play basketball because basketball kind of uh, runs into baseball. So I figured if I'm playing basketball while tryouts are going on, then I'm probably just going to get thrown on JV. So I didn't play my freshman year. And then I played basketball my sophomore and junior year. And then I didn't want to risk getting hurt my senior year with, you know, being already committed to a college, maybe possibly getting drafted. So I didn't play basketball my senior year either. I always loved it, though, you know. Mm -hmm. The one sport you get to to practice inside, which is kind of (laughs) nice. Yeah. And how would you describe your basketball game? Did you have, like, a nasty handle or anything? Were you, like, Steve Nash or White Chocolate out there? (laughs) I grew up – playing rec basketball a lot and I was one of the better players uh but as I got older uh into high school I didn't like work on my game as much I would just practice while I was you know in practice which is never gonna you know make you the best you could possibly be so I kind of anytime outside of basketball practice I was working on baseball because that was my my number one but uh I was a good basketball player you know I had my fun uh uh yeah I don't regret doing doing any any of the yeah, I played basketball too growing up. Now, I didn't play varsity. I just played rec. And let me just say, being a 5'11 and rec basketball player automatically puts you at center. So I was just swatting <laughs> side. I was swatting Yeah, that happened, that happened to me. And I played football one year. And they put me on offensive line, and I never played again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, being 6'2", playing football in like rec for your, like your township or something, like if you're playing O-line, you're just going to not want to play football again because that's just yep. such the, like, the most physical position you could play as a kid. Yeah, I might have been like 11 and never played again. I, yeah. I still like playing football in my front yard and everything. Uh, I never played flag football, which I think that would have been fun, you know, because there's no offensive line to be wide receiver or quarterback or something. Yeah, that's probably smart that you didn't want to stick with football. I mean, just in terms of the salary, in terms of your health, I mean, you, you chose a pretty good sport in baseball, and it seemed like you had possibly a backup option to in basketball if you uh, wanted to stick with it. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think I was 6'2", and, and basketball is not going to get you anywhere, but I just had my fun in high school. Uh, I definitely wasn't athletic enough to pursue that any, any longer. You weren't jumping out the gym back in Florida? So I could dunk like my sophomore year of high school. Okay. And, or maybe my junior year. So I could dunk and now I don't even think I can dunk anymore because I don't practice jumping all the time. <laughs> mm, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, I'm, I'm still trying to just touch rim out here. So when, I, when I'm able to dunk, I'll, I'll come back and bring you back on the pod. Paven Smith and I will be right back with that conversation. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back and more improved and more delicious than ever before. If 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. 
The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy like me. That's the reason why I love them. They help me lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com right now because Built Bar reset their promo code for this relaunch. You get a free cooler purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Here's the rest of the conversation between Paven Smith and I. I saw that you were signed. Well, not signed. I saw you were drafted out of high school, but you didn't sign. Why was that? Why right. did you choose to go to college and not sign out of high school? Uh, so how it works is out of high school, like you have all these meetings with, uh, with scouts that come to your house, uh, and you kind of give them a basis on like what you'll sign for, like how much money. Mm-hmm. And I apparently gave him my number was two million dollars. If you gave me two million dollars, I will not go to college. I feel like college was worth that much to me, uh, you know. Because if minor leagues is no guarantee, it's not like you're going into if you're a first round draft pick or second round or first round draft pick in the NBA or the NFL, you're probably going to be in the NFL or in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no guarantees in baseball, so I figured if I don't get two million dollars, it wouldn't be worth my while to risk not going to college. So uh, obviously I didn't get that. And I got a call from the Rockies who drafted me and they were like, it was like the 30 something round. And they were like, you know, we just wanted to draft you. We know you're not going to come. We just wanted to draft you as like a token of gratitude for like going through this process with us. And maybe in in three years we will uh, draft you again. So uh, that's, that's how that went down. So I was like, okay, thank you. I actually had to like sign something like they're like, they didn't even ask me. They were just like, we'll just send you over the paper that you're declining because we know you're going to decline. <laughs> okay. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay. So I went to college for three years and, you know, improved my draft stock and won a national championship in college. So definitely okay. have no regrets going, going there. Yes. This is why MLB needs to cut down how many people get drafted. I mean, if teams are literally just going to draft dudes who they know aren't going to sign with them, like what's the point of having picks in the 32nd round if you're just going to draft dudes who you know are not going to play for your team? So, uh, yeah, I would like to see that. I, I do think they're just – I think baseball just oversaturated. Like, how how would you feel if baseball cut a couple of their minor league systems? I know they might have to do it now but because of the pandemic. But let's say there wasn't pandemic. Let's say they had to cut right. out rookie ball or class A, something like that. Would you be okay with that? Because I feel like the baseball is just so oversaturated with prospects and just minor league talent, honestly. Uh, yeah, so I do agree with that in one aspect. But then you have friends like – uh, Andy Young, who made it up to the big leagues this year, that was drafted in what round was he drafted in? Like the 30th round. So, and he's made it up to the big leagues and he might have never had a chance if uh, they didn't have those bottom tier teams. So it's like, it's a, obviously it doesn't happen often, but like when you know someone that it happened to, it's kind of just like, okay, well, uh, it's there for a reason. But, you know, I would understand if they had to cut because of the pandemic and stuff. But I also had a friend that had to get, that got released this year because, he didn't get a chance to go to spring training or show anything because they just ended the season early. So 
when you have a personal uh, relationship with people that it's happened to, uh, it makes you think a little different. Yeah, I know it's just going to be a tough season overall. I mean, so many jobs are just going to be lost because of this pandemic and just such a, mm-hmm. such a trying time right now in this country. I mean, it's just yeah. unprecedented times right now. So we're just all going to have to gut through it right now. And it looks like you actually gut through your 2015 season in college. It looks like you had a UCL uh, elbow injury. So can you explain yep. a little bit what happened? It seems like you guys were on your on your way to the college world series but you had this ucl injury like what was going on with your elbow at the time uh yeah so i went to virginia to be a pitcher and a hitter so i was pitching there in the fall and everything so in the fall we were doing this uh heavy ball test which is like uh you just pretty much ran through like a two ounce ball which is less than a baseball than a baseball and like a one pound ball as hard as you can and when I was on the two-ounce ball, I threw it like 102 miles an hour into the net and just absolutely, I was like, what? That is weird, my elbow. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe it wasn't anything. So I took another one. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's definitely something. Mm. And I went, went and got an MRI. Uh, and by the way, I've had the surgery, and I think the MRI is worse than the surgery. They had to, I had to like turn my elbow all the way like upside down, which is like already almost impossible. Oh, really? And I was too, and I was too big for the tube. So they had to keep like resetting me. And it took like an hour and a half of sitting there in like claustrophobia, like terrible. Mm, you were I too yoked for it. <laughs> I don't know. I think they just had small tubes. It was pretty <laughs> crazy. Uh, but yeah, so I got, it came back as a partially tear. So they were like, I thought my season was over. I never really heard anything. And they were mm-hmm. like, we have this thing called a PRP shot, mm-hmm. which is when they take your own blood and like mix it with plasma and inject it back into you. And apparently it like inflames your elbow so much that like all the blood cells come and try to heal it. So it's pretty interesting science behind it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I got that and I was fine. Like I was feeling good. They were like, all right, we're not going to have you pitch anymore. We're just going to have you hit, you know, play the field. And I was taking – so this is when the season has started now. Uh, it was probably, probably March. We were playing at Liberty, and I was playing the outfield, and we were doing infield-outfield before the game. So you were just, like, making throws. And I felt it go again. And I was like, oh, no. Like, this is terrible. So kind of the rest of the year, uh, I didn't warm up before the game. So we were just like, all right, we're just going to try to grind through it, like – we can get surgery after the year. So they ended up planning surgery for May 18th, which is like the day after the ACC tournament or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get surgery. We'll get surgery then. So I'm just like grinding through the season. Every throw, like when I throw it into the – I was playing left field a lot. So every time I threw it, I was like, all right, if another ball comes to me, like this is going to be tough. So I needed like a I needed like a two minute break before my arm felt good again. <laughs> uh, but so as we kept winning, they kept uh, pushing the surgery back. It was pretty funny. So they, it was May 18th. They pushed it back to June 1st. We won the regional. They pushed it back to June 10th. Won the super regional. And by that time, once we got to the College World Series, I was like, my arm is flat. I had so much adrenaline going. I was like, I don't feel anything anymore. It's just weird. Like. Literally, I would throw and like my arm is 100 percent again. Yeah, like I could but, pitch again. Yeah. yeah. Then they uh, they pushed it all the way back to July 2nd of 2015, which is after it possibly could be. And I get into so we win the whole thing, great everything. I get into 
the surgery center, Dr. Andrews in uh, Pensacola. Mm. He goes, you're the guy who keeps pushing back the surgery. And I was like, yep. And he went, he went in, did the whole surgery, and came out. He's like, I don't know how you were playing baseball. Your UCL was literally hanging on by the thinnest of threads. Mm. And I was like, oh, made it out just in time. But, you know, with the position player, you only have to uh, rehab for like six months instead of a year like a pitcher. So I was able to okay. play next year too. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. How long did you uh, – was that rehab process and what was it like uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery? Because did you ever – pitch again after that or were you just mainly a position player after getting your Tommy John? No, I was mainly a position player for uh, a while and uh, it was the fall where you were kind of, I was taken off and so I was just rehabbing, doing a bunch of stuff, didn't play any of the fall scrimmages Uh, but uh Hold on. Uh, someone just came up to my door. So I don't know why to tell it. But uh, no, we just, I just took off the fall, uh, and I didn't pitch again until sophomore. And I was like, yeah, not a pitcher anymore. And our coach was like, well, you never know, maybe. Because I couldn't <laughs> pitch the next year for sure. Mm. And it was actually before my, my junior year. Uh, I was actually trying to build my arm back up to pitch my junior year. And I was doing bullpen and stuff. And it was like a week before the season started. And my arm just didn't feel right. And they were just like, all right, we'll just completely just exit. We'll just, you're a position player. We need you for that more than anything. So, mm. uh, no, my elbow's been fine since though. It's been, the surgery was successful. Uh, hasn't really hurt at all uh, since then. So, pretty, pretty good. So, was that in college when you tried to pitch again, when you tried to build up the arm strength again? Oh, yeah, it was before my junior year, which is technically, you know, your draft year. So mm-hmm. I was kind of having – my agent was telling me, don't do it, don't do it, because it's yeah. like, if you get hurt. <laughs> but I was like, you know what, I kind of want to. But then it, it was kind of hurting a little bit. So I was like, all right, it's time to hang up the fishing glove. So you're low-key the original Shohei Otani then. Is that right? <laughs> I guess in college, but anybody – a lot of people do it in college. <laughs> uh, so it's hard so- to do it in the big leagues. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow. We'll have the rest of that conversation between Paven Smith and I. Hope everyone out there is staying safe, staying healthy. And as always, come back tomorrow for more Locked On Dimebacks news coverage insight. Your team every day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. I'll say it again because it's, it's what's important right now. Deuces.